God, it's Friday. Like I stated, I think this last Sunday, every single day of the week in the Genesis account of God's creation, God says it is good. Except for on Monday. <laughs> oh, I think that's kind of entertaining. It is good. The Lord is good. He really is. This is Peter John, and you're listening to Friday's edition of Rogue Grace. And this weekend, well, let's just say this. It's special. You know why? For me, it's my 17th year anniversary. 17! That's nearly as old as my wife was when she got married. (laughs) She was 18. Yep. I knew I had to marry her early if I was going to get her. Because a lot of guys were in the running. Well, not for her, not in her heart, but they were going for her. And so I knew I had to put a ring on that finger as early as I possibly could. And it was a good decision. No, it was a great decision. So it's my anniversary. 17 years. This weekend. Yep. It is good. (laughs) Listen to this quote. Now changing, shifting gears here. From Martin Luther. I really enjoy this. He said, you know, a few years ago. He said, this is the reason our theology is certain, because it seizes us from ourselves and places us outside of ourselves. It seizes us from ourselves and places us outside of ourselves. Praise God. For giving me a theology in which Christ is the word and allowing me to get outside of myself, allowing me not to have to analyze or look at myself, but to analyze and look at Jesus Christ. Praise be to the name of of Jesus, who gets us outside of ourselves. You remember the account in the Pentateuch and the Old Testament where the people of Israel were in their wilderness wandering. Remember? And because they were complaining after, of course, they received the law, by the way, They complained before they received the law. But when they complained before they received the law, God answered their complaints. He brought them water and manna and provision, even though they were like little two-year-olds complaining. After they demanded the law and received the law, there on Mount Sinai, when they complained, 
it was a whole different story. How I need to be outside of the law. I need to be under the one who fulfilled the law for me because I'm not in any given day perfect, not even close. I need to be covered as they were before they received the law. Well, in one of those times they were complaining and the result was God allowed there to be poisonous, what the Bible calls fiery serpents that was smiting the people, the camp of Israel as they were wandering in the wilderness. And finally they cry out to God, to the Lord, and he has Aaron and the high priest, the high priest Aaron and the priests bring out from the tabernacle the incense and they lit it and wherever the incense was, it alleviated the serpents, the problem. But for the people to be healed, listen, you know the story. They had to look at the cross. You know, the one that Moses had built and placed a golden serpent on it as God told him to do. And everyone that did that was healed of their serpent wounds. Now, note, I know you can and have, that they weren't healed through self-analyzation. <laughs> they weren't healed by considering where they were at or who they were or what they were doing. They were healed when they took their focus and their eyes completely off of their own weakness, their own snake bites, if you would, their own failures, and placed their focus on the one that was on the cross, the serpent, even as Jesus became, took on and became the form of a serpent on the cross those six hours, particularly those final three hours that he was on the cross. When the sky turned black and God turned his back and Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we see the idea, the concept is taking our eyes off ourselves and putting them on Jesus just as the quote I gave you says, this is the reason our theology is certain because it seizes us outside of ourselves and places us outside of ourselves. How I am tired of being focused on myself. Thank God for Jesus Christ.
this there was a feast of the jews and jesus went up to jerusalem now there is in jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in aramaic called bethesda which has five roofed colonnades and these lay a multitude of invalids blind lame and paralyzed One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. For 38 years. As you may know, 38 years was often more than people ever even lived. Than most people lived in antiquity. At least many people lived in antiquity. He was paralyzed for longer than many people even lived. And when Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, right? He said to him, do you want to be healed? And the man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. For 38 years, guys, you know the story. (laughs) This guy was paralyzed. Well, the word there, literally, when it says he was an invalid literally means a lingering disorder 
He had a lingering disorder and it was due to something he had done when he was a youngster. I wonder how many times you and I limp through life or have some lingering disorders because of what we did when we were younger, (laughs) right? Or in your past. Anyways, he had an outward condition due to an inward disorder. Jesus healed him knowing that inwardly he needed to be healed. Whatever it was, psychosomatic was causing this guy to not walk, not function. He wasn't able to travel consistently. He was in many ways paralyzed. Maybe it was out of regret. Maybe it was out of guilt. Do you think? Maybe shame. Maybe anger. Whether it was regret, guilt, shame, or anger, this guy couldn't move. It was psychosomatic, as we might say today. He was paralyzed outwardly due to a disorder inwardly. How many times do I get paralyzed outwardly? By that, I mean my actions are affected, or I should even say disaffected, if I might use that word or that term. How often my actions are handicapped? How often my actions are stopped because of something within me? There's an unrest or a dis-ease, right? A disease, a dis-ease, because before the body can be healed, the soul must be healed. Isn't that what Proverbs 17 says? A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And this guy had a broken spirit for 38 years and it sapped his strength. The past can cripple you, can't it? Can keep you moving, keep you from moving forward, can't it? Whether it's the past five years, 50 years, five minutes. Or on the other hand, as well, maybe you were the one that was offended or abused or wronged. And so it's you that were wronged and can't move forward. Or maybe more like this man, you sinned. You blew it. You are crippled because of regret or shame. And Jesus comes to this man and asks him, do you want to be made well? Praise Jesus. Lord, you ask me the same thing when I read the book of Romans or go through Galatians. And I read how the old man has been put to death. And now I am a new man in Jesus Christ. You're asking me when you talk about being born again in John chapter 3 or a new creation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're saying to me, Peter John, do you want to be made well? Now, when Jesus asked him that question, right? The crippled guy there in John chapter five, don't you think that's a yes or no answer? Yes, I want to be made well, or for whatever reason, no, I don't want to be made well. But instead he gives the reason why he was in that condition. He says, when Jesus said, do you want to be made well? He says, there's no one here to help me get into the pool. 
when the waters are stirred. And the saying goes, or the tradition is that the first person in the pool gets healed. If only someone would carry me. If only someone would help me. If only my spouse would be there for me. Or my kids thought about me. Or my parents trusted me. Or my boss respected me. Or my friends didn't forget me. If only, he says, someone would carry me. That's human nature. Oh, man. If someone would just carry me. My wife. My husband. My parents. My kids. My neighbor. My boss. My employees. Someone would just carry me. And Jesus says simply, do you want to be healed? And he asks us the same. He says, if you want to be healed, take up your bed and walk. It's, you've spent enough time being crippled by whatever you did in the past. Time to move on. That's what the Lord is saying to someone right now who's listening on the air. You've spent enough time being crippled by what you did in the past. And to another person, he is saying, you've been crippled long enough by what someone else has done to you in the past. Time to move ahead. See, a, a, a person could carry you perhaps, for a while, maybe, but only Jesus can make you walk. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 6. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you will reap leads to holiness and results in eternal life. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer crippled. You're no longer paralyzed by your past. You now may have, if you take up your bed and walk, a changed life that comes from a changed heart. As Isaiah 61 says, you are able to accept beauty for ashes. But see, as you know, as you can tell, you have to let go of those ashes. For 38 years, this guy was holding on to the past and it was paralyzing him. But we don't have to dwell on the past. Like a remote control and you're sitting on the sofa and you got your popcorn and it's a good movie, right? Good, but if it's a horrible movie or if it's a bad TV show, you can change the t channel. And I think too often we've attained a kind of comfort level where we're just watching this sitcom or this movie about our lives or our past and we use our tragedy as a license to just be paralyzed. But Jesus asks, do you want to be made whole? Listen to what Zechariah says. Return to your fortress, O prisoner of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I know someone is listening right now, and that is God's word to you. That's, you're not tuned in by accident. 
You didn't turn on the radio by coincidence. You're not on 1300 AM at random right now. The word of the Lord is this. Return to your fortress, O prisoner of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. God is giving you permission to move on. And the promise that he will restore twice as much to you.
remember when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said to the rulers and the elders of the city, he said, let it be known to you by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know that scripture, perhaps. There Peter is quoting to the Sanhedrin, to the leaders, quote unquote, of the Jewish society from Isaiah 28, saying the builders rejected the cornerstone, but upon that cornerstone, God will build his temple. Indeed, it wouldn't be much longer after Peter said that, that the literal temple of Jerusalem would be destroyed because that temple that Jesus fulfilled and that now is you and me continues on. As first Peter chapter two says, no longer is it stone upon stone, but now it's Christian with Christian each fit into place. You know, you have a place in the church, whether it's Applegate Christian fellowship or the church where you attend the church Globally, you have a place. Each of us is fit into place. We all are depending on each other. Just like a stone, imagine the ones above you are depending on you. (laughs) Isn't that cool? The ones above you, like imagine stones in a building. The ones above you are depending on you because if you're taken out, they're taken out. But cool because the ones beneath you, you're depending on. Don't you love to think about that? Oh, that person is beneath me. Wait a minute. You're depending on that person. Christianity is the first religion with no physical temple, no altar, no sacrifice, no high priest. It's through altars, sacrifices, and priests, temples that people relate to their, quote, gods. But now there is a new way to relate to God because Jesus is our cornerstone. Listen to the definition of cornerstone, if you would. Quote, the cornerstone is derived from the first stone set into construction of a foundation. Important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. See, the cornerstone determines everything. The cornerstone determines everything. You pull it out and it all comes down. So I have to ask myself, what is my cornerstone. Let me ask you, what is your cornerstone? That if it's pulled out, it's over. 
Well, if Jesus Christ is your cornerstone at this moment, the book of Isaiah says, in that cornerstone, we will never be shaken or put to shame. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what I want? It's, it is what we want. That we are not shaken or put to shame. How? Because Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. Not just a cornerstone, but a precious cornerstone. Imagine if you had a medicine that could cure terminal cancer. People would sell their houses, their cars to get it because now things like houses and cars are expendable, right? Compared to a medicine that can cure cancer. We have a medicine that does more than cure cancer. It cures you of unrighteousness, carnality, and sinful nature. It is the precious cornerstone of Jesus Christ who was rejected, it goes on to say. He was rejected so that we can be accepted. Now, here's the thing I want to say for me. This is just for me now. Maybe for you too. (laughs) Every single day, make that every single morning. I need to reset my cornerstone or else something else is going to come in and be my cornerstone and ultimately will tumble. Something, someone, somehow it will tumble. Every single morning I need to reset my cornerstone and say, Jesus, you are my cornerstone.
I am so anticipating, like you are, gathering with the saints in heaven around the throne of God. We're going. You know that. It could even be today. It could. Why not? Why not today? There is no other today. The past is the past. The future is not even promised. This might be the day when we are taken into heaven, when Jesus comes again. It could be today. Anyways, I can't wait for that day. I'm excited to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if I'm way out in the back, just to see him. Along with the other brothers, sisters that are saints. What a day. What an experience. What a a moment of all moments. When not only will I be able to talk with, perhaps, (laughs) however that works with no time, but wait in line if I need to to talk to Peter, (laughs) Esther, James, David. Okay, you got the idea. But how about Merle? Yep, my grandpa who's in heaven and has been for, I don't know, 20 something years now. How about my sister, Jessica, who's also been in heaven for 20 years. She'll be there. And my daughter, Bailey will meet her. can't wait and my mom my mom's there are you close with your mom maybe you are imagine your mom taken out of your life when you're five six years old like I was well I'm going to see her again and you're going to see me and I'm going to see you and we'll see our loved ones what a day I can't wait. Can you? Well, let's keep our eyes on things above. Although the earth cried out for blood, satisfied her hunger was. Billows combed on raging seas for the souls of men. Christ laid death in his grave. 
Notice, by the way, a lot of rogue is out there these days. I don't know if they took their hint from me or from what, but there's all kinds of rogue stuff happening in the rogue valley. So I don't know if I'm going to change the name or not, but anyways, it is what it is. The fact of the matter is the power is not in the word rogue. Anyways, the power is in his grace, right? I know you agree. And so come on out this Sunday to either service at 8.30 or 11 o'clock for a time of communion and worship and a time of gathering with God's people and a time in the word. It's a great and powerful way to begin the week. Just as Jesus and the apostles taught us to do. So, get to church is what I'm saying. May the Lord bless you. Have a great, blessed, beautiful weekend. No matter what the circumstances you're facing may or may not be, remember, you are in Christ Jesus. God bless.